What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is your host, Majesty Dennis, and you are listening to and watching the Somebody Should Have Told Me podcast, and we are going to talk about our convictions, our career, our coins, and our overall wellness. And I'm going to call today's episode Catch Me Living, okay? And I'm going to talk to you about life, okay? Because I had a very churchy, (laughs) conservative upbringing. And me and my mom, we have discussed these things. And so, uh, (laughs) okay, so... Stop laughing before I even tell y'all the story, but it'd be funny in my head, and I know what I'm about to say out loud. So I moved to Houston in 2021. What was that like? Maybe August of 2021, probably. And I was just sitting in the house during that pandemic, and that pandemic was tearing me up. And I was just like, it wasn't even like I was doing stuff. I was going work, home, grocery store. Now I was getting money, but I was going work, home, grocery store, church, mind practice. Oh my God. And when I tell you now, I love my, my church, but I'll be in church every time them doors would open. I'm not even about to hold you. Mind practice, young adult, Bible study, Bible, Bible study, any uh, choir rehearsal, whatever the case may be. I was always at church, you know? And so when the pandemic happened, I was like, it was like, I already wasn't, wasn't doing much. And now you mean to tell me I can't go to work home church or the grocery store those are the only four things that I had like how can you stop me so I remember listening to Steve Harvey and he was talking about making a list so so if you're listening to this you have some homework and your homework is to make a list of 500 things that you want to do 500 not 100 500 Things you want to do. I don't care if it's take a walk in the park, go to outer space, go to Timbuktu, find your African lineage, uh, lose weight, uh, I don't know, move to another state, move to another city, whatever it is that you can think to do. And don't call it a bucket list because why is it that people always think about living in context of dying? How about we just live because we want to live? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is it always got to be looming destruction for us to really enjoy our lives? So make this list of 500 things that you want to do. Now, I haven't finished all of my 500, but I got a lot of them and I keep adding to the list and it's past the numbers. I'm sure my list is probably like over 200 things I want to do. And I started doing those things. So, of course, I'm thinking to myself when I come out of the pandemic, this is what I'm going to do you know? And so what the things I decided to do, only things that can't be on the list, no skating, even though I kind of do like skating, no bowling and what am I, and, and no going out to eat. Not that I don't go out to eat, but I feel like 
within the church, anything outside of those things is a sin. You know what I'm saying? Like anywhere else you go besides going out to eat. And when I, no shade to the church but when I was like in the teens ministry like in the youth ministry the only thing we used to do for fun was bowling and skating and still to this day I hate bowling I do not want to go anymore the church has worn it out it was never fun from the beginning and it surely is not now and maybe that is the scar that church hurt has left upon me is that I do not want to go bowling anymore I, I I have bold enough that still in my 30s, it really doesn't seem appealing to me. And so I try to live my life. And so I talked to my mom about this because I feel like living by the mantra of true love waits. I don't know if mantra is the word I want to use, but here we are. Um, living by true love waits. Me being the type A person that I am. Wait means wait. And I was talking to my mom about why, you know, why everything is true love waits. And she was saying something back to me and she was saying, you need to trust in God. And I was like, mom, if y'all thought that true love waits or wait in general was synonymous with trust, I want to guarantee you there's a lot of people that that information did not land that way. I feel like wait means wait. And so while you think you're telling yourself to wait for sex or wait for marriage, wait for love, there are so many more areas that I found for myself that I was just living in a holding pattern. It was literally like I was just waiting on something to happen. And I realized I didn't know what I was waiting for. I just was in the habit of like, almost like this waiting or this passive living is somehow a moral high ground. And it was like when I, it was like when my feet hit the flow, when I moved to Houston, it was like go time. Everything that was on my list, I started doing it. And I also learned to give myself grace because by then I started to like shake off being worried about what other people think about me. But let me give you this example. So I do not like cats. I do not like dogs. Sometimes I like looking at the pretty dogs. Please do not charge it to my character. I know people always can tell when I give an unwelcoming look to their four-legged friends, uh, but I do not like them. I've never been bit by a dog. I probably have been chased by dogs a couple of times, but I just feel like ever since I was a child, I just had this great fear of dogs. So don't like cats, don't like dogs. Um, birds are nice to look at, but they smell funny. And uh, what are, what are the animals are there? Oh, definitely not no snakes and no hamsters and none of that. My, I don't know if other people do, let me know in the comments, do other black families have like hamsters and stuff in your house, like other creatures? Besides cats and dogs, I'd like to know. Um, but I do like fish, okay? And let me tell you, when I get rich, rich, like big girl rich, I want an aquarium in my house. I love to see exotic fish. 
I love to read the placards about them. I love to see the different names and how their weird shaped heads are. And think of people who I know who have weird shaped heads like the fish that I like to look at at the aquarium. Uh, It is very interesting if you go and see it. Okay. And so when I moved to Houston, I immediately, my friend's birthday was coming up. I was like, you know what? We're going to go and we're going to, I'm going to take you out for your birthday. We're going to go to the aquarium. We're going to have dinner and it's just going to be an aquarium day in Houston. I want you to know y'all that I lived in Dallas for like almost what, 15 years and never went to the aquarium. But as soon as I got to Houston, it was a couple months. I remember like I was sitting down. I was like, I'm going to go to the aquarium. Like right now, it just hit me like, what am I even waiting for? That's what I mean by not living your life in a holding pattern. Because what was I waiting on in Dallas that I love fish, always have as much as I do, and still have never been to the aquarium in Dallas. But whenever I travel for work trips, when I went back to California, when I go to Boston for work, best believe I'm going to swoop around to that aquarium on my lunch break and see what I saw. You know, so first of all, take your life out of a holding pattern. Start creating things that you would never do. Uh, Plus also, and since I think purity culture is probably going to be tied into a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about on this season of the podcast, if you don't have a social life, I can guarantee you don't have a dating life. And I think a lot of the messaging comes at Christian women. Like if you sit at home, you be a wife, you be a Proverbs 31 woman, then a man will choose you. And I want to let you know, these men must be reading another kind of Bible. I promise you that because they are not sitting home on their best behavior. and. Only thing I wish somebody would have told me sooner is you do not have to sit home like you are on restriction, hoping that a man will choose you. I want you to get up and get your ask me no more questions out the house and find you some business. I don't care if you take up basket weaving, have something going on. I don't care if you join a bike riding group. Okay, get up. Get outside and do what you need to do because the man of God can't find you on your couch. Also, you know what I noticed? Men are socialized to have fun. They be enjoying your life. Women, we be stressed. You know what I'm saying? Just sitting at home, either stressed, praying, or fasting, just worried. That's how I used to be like an old, like old woman. I mean... Okay, wow, no shade to the old woman. Okay, if you are old, God is blessing you with long life. That is not what I'm trying to say. But I'm just saying I wasn't really living like a young person. You know what I'm saying? Because I felt like I need to just be this woman on her best behavior to find love. And I want to tell you girls, rip it!
do not let the patriarchy do not let the patriarchy hold you down. Okay? No. Seriously, I'm kidding. But I'm serious. I have had more dates, been approached by more men by just living more fully. I feel like men tend to like link to the women they enjoy. Men tend to like prioritize, seems like, like the fullness of life. And if you just come home, you know what I'm saying? Like you are just sitting here, I don't know, waiting on the world to end. I don't know, maybe folding your hands till Christ's return. Um, it's going to be very boring. And, and no one is telling the girls that. No one is telling the girls, even the men of God, want to have fun. And you need to get up. And you need to get yourself out the door and do something. I have one friend. I love it. She is always calling me and telling me about something new that she is doing. It just is the most random things. And she's like, I started taking up pottery. I started joining this meetup group. It's just always something for the sake of something. And for a long time, I felt like if I wasn't praying, fasting, reading the Bible or going to church, then anything else was in vain. Uh, but one thing I did determine out of that pandemic is that I did not want to live an isolated life. And what I started doing was putting um, as much effort into my friendships and relationships uh, as I used to everything else, the same way I would prioritize my career, same way I would prioritize my ministry. I took about a year, a year and a half solid to really nurse relationships. And I remember online, like everyone was like, you need to say no. And God was specifically telling me to say yes more. So I'd be at everything, every baby shower, every wedding, birthday party, Friday night, Saturday night, all these things. I was just saying yes more to really invest. And I promise you, if you do that, somebody has a cousin, somebody has a brother, somebody has an uncle, somebody has a daddy, and you will meet somebody, okay, doing that. Somebody, somebody has a son for you, but you need to be living your life, you know, at least, right? I'm looking at my producer for, for, for right. And he, he's giving me the, okay. So, uh, let me check my time. Okay, cute. So that's what I wanted to say. Get up, have a life, build the life that you want to live. Uh, don't live in a holding pattern. Uh, I would also advocate for, um, I think every woman owes it to herself to have her own place. I know sometimes it can be like tempting to want to wait for a man to come, not want to create too much forward motion or, you know, hesitate to buy a home. You know what I'm saying? Or do all these things because um, you're hoping a man will come along. And we do hope. But I'm telling you the best thing I ever did for myself, the most forward moving experience in my personal life, my financial life, my dating life was take my life off of hold. Like all that sitting and waiting, I'm telling you, 
if you're not careful, you really will wait your life away. And that's why I was talking about in that old episode when that girl put like the comparisons of times of who is uh, like how long people have been waiting and abstaining. I'm just like, how, how long is too long? How much do we need to wait? When is enough? And I know people love to say you honor God in waiting. And you do. But there are many other ways to wait on God. You can pay your tithes. You can do a praise dance. You can... <laughs> you can sing a song. You can do a lot of things uh, uh, to honor God. And I really want to challenge you to examine that. Go live your life, please. Enjoy yourself. And don't be worried about the salvation police, people who think they are the enforcers on God's behalf. They just want to regulate, regulate what you got going on. Don't, don't even worry about it. Let me tell you. Okay. So one of the things I want to uh, shift to is wellness. And later on, I have a guest that's going to be talking more about this and how we can explore the relationships that we have with our bodies um, through the lens of scripture. And we're going to talk about that later on. And so I'm going to save that for her because I feel like she really is going to have the information for the girls. But I spent 20 years of my ministry. Okay. And I always knew or saw myself as a vessel and I knew who I was to God, but I did not know who I was to myself and the perspective that I had of myself and my body was very hollowed out. And I feel like if you've spent any time in ministry, you know what I'm talking about. And it got to this point where you you want the things that God is saying through you to be abundantly clear and untainted. Um, but I don't think that I needed to withdraw um, my personality, my likings, or even my self-perspective to the extent that I did. And I remember um, Dr. Alexis, uh, she's a prophet online. She has this prayer um, for singles and she is, this prayer is, she prays everything that you could possibly think to pray, but it was so compassionate. Like it was just the most gentle and loving prayer that I ever heard. And I remember she gets to this point, um, in the prayer and she prays, she said, I speak peace to the women's bodies. To, 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 to your body. And for the first time, it was like me hearing a prayer without rebuking lust. And my antenna kind of went up. Like, there is another approach to this. Like, there is another way. Because when you look at it, 
your sex drive, um, your sensuality, your, and what I mean by sensuality, your ability to be in touch with your environment and all of the things that are coming at your body and how you experience those things, what you see, what you taste, what you smell and what you feel, uh, physically and emotionally. And I think having been a woman in ministry, it gets to this point where your contribution to ministry is only valuable uh, to the extent that you can express yourself in a masculine manner. And so it's like you have to shut yourself off emotionally uh, and, and all of those natural experiences as a woman uh, to be well received in ministry. And so uh, I took that time or these past few years to reexamine that process And let me tell you what made me examine it. I spent all these years miming and availing myself as a sacrifice to God. That's what I was under the impression that I was doing. And um, ended up finding out that I had experience with fibroids. And so if you know anything about fibroids, it's uh, benign tumors non-cancerous tumors. I had a, I think I had three initially when I found out about them. And then by the time I had surgery, uh, on them, I had gone down to two. And, and then of course I had some other health challenges. We'll save that for another day, but really the fibroids. And so I was very confused because I felt like I did all of these things to honor God. And how could something, hard, you know what I'm saying? Or challenging happened to my body when I have yielded myself to the glory of God. And that's when I said, I got to learn some things. And I don't necessarily think it was uh, like the spiritual lesson as it pertains to the fibroids. But what I will say is I had to learn some things and that experience really made me re-examine my body and self perspective um, and all of the things that I needed to know. And so uh, how my iron levels work, you know what I'm saying? How my cycles were affected. And I think I'd love to bring on a medical profession professional to talk more in detail about the nuances. Cause Hey, this is not a uh, medical advice. This is my personal testimony. Okay. And I ended up having to have surgery and the surgery that I had was a laparoscopic myomectomy. And so what that is, is like it's a C-section. And instead of taking a baby out, they go in and take the fibroids out. And so the fibroid was in my uterus. Yes. Um, And then that's when I'm like really needing to know a deep dive on the knowledge. I had a black doctor, a black surgeon, and my surgeon consequently had um, a her entire color. So everyone that I met during my surgery period uh, was black. And I think they had one Hispanic nurse. Um, but I'm telling you, everyone who gave me medicine, everyone who came in there to write things down, put fresh bedding, sit me up, help me walk, I mean, anesthesia from the rooter to the tutor, everyone that I uh, interacted with was a black woman. And let me tell you about how 
discrimination in the medical field is real because I did not even know um like that the experiences that I had prior to weren't right until I had this wonderful experience working with an all black team and so from there I started to really take my health here health seriously and start doing some research on alkaline diet okay and how to do preventative things and things within your diet that do not accelerate fibroid growth sorry and do not accelerate accelerate fibroid growth and all of these things and out of that I've just had a greater commitment to not rebuking my body but really learning it and I think as you learn, if you renew your commitment to continuously learn your body, your relationship with everything that you have going on as you grow will consequently be better. The body that I have in my 20s is different than the body I have in my 30s. And I'm still learning. And when I tell you, girl, you need to learn <laughs> about the 30s, people are not lying to you um when they talk about that and so that's really important and I think one thing that would be fun is to have one of my nutritionists come on because I started working with the whole holistic nutritionist who kind of taught me like alkaline eating how to understand this the signals that your body is sending to you and really focus on more like herbs and leafy greens and all these things instead of being on all this medicine. Um, so that's another thing that I want to share with you. So if you're interested in hearing more about an alkaline diet, if you want me to bring my nutritionist on, let me know in the comments if that's something that you want to hear. Um, and until next time, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Somebody Should Have Told Me podcast. And yeah, until next time. In the meantime, check out my new book. I guess it's not that new. Check out my ebook, Six Steps to Six Figures, How to Get the Salary You Deserve. And I will see you next time. God bless you. God keep you. See you at the conference. Hello, it's Majesty here, and I'm your host of the Somebody Should Have Told Me podcast, where we talk about our convictions, our career, our coins, and just overall wellness. I want you to check out my ebook, Majesty's Six Steps to Six Figures, where I show you how to get the salary you deserve. So click the link in the show notes, the bio, wherever you're listening or watching this podcast, and let me show you how to get to the money. All right.